good evening. Welcome back or welcome to Young Urban Zen. My name is Eli. I'll be hosting this evening. Thanks, Matt, for keeping me in shape. Um, for those of you who may be new to Young Urban Zen, just to give you kind of a lay of the land, um, I'll share some words. Well, actually, we have a special guest that will share some words this evening, um, and then we'll have some time for questions and comments, as well as a chance to talk amongst ourselves in small groups. For those of you who want to stay um, to the end, and uh, we'll be wrapping up uh, around 8.45 or so. So I think that's all for, for housekeeping. Um, for those of you who probably got the email and, and saw, um, we'll be having a special guest. Before I, we get to that, um, I wanted to just recognize and, and, excuse me, for those of you who may have just joined and not been through the whole sitting, we had Titnot Han uh, lead us in some mindful breathing. And uh, it was just important for me to bring him into the room. And as many of you know, he passed earlier this week. And now that I think about it, the, since the last time I, I spoke um, at Young Urban Zen, we lost, uh, in addition to him, two more modern day bodhisattvas in Bell Hooks and Desmond Tutu. Uh, so all, all three of them really embodied liberation all three of them were embodiments of Buddha. And I mean, we'll remain encouraged and I'm grateful for the wisdom that they have supplied and will continue to supply um, to my practice. And so I encourage you, if you haven't, to study them, listen to them, uh, celebrate them, beloved ancestors. And before I take us on a little time travel back to a living room in 1965, where Suzuki Roshi, who's our founder of the Zen Center, was talking to a small group of somewhat newish American students about beginner's mind and um, really kind of touches, at least in, in my consideration, on some of the most important parts of practice. Before we did jump into that in brief, I do want to express um, some more gratitude and appreciation to Desmond Tutu, Bell Hooks, and Titnan Han, and perhaps uh, share some expressions or emphases they had on how important it is to, to have a beginner's mind, a ready mind, an open mind, in order to pursue liberation, learning, uh, awareness, love, and of course, enlightenment. So Desmond Tutu, for those of you who may not be familiar with him, uh, was a South African um, Anglican bishop and theologian uh, known for a lot of work or con contributions to the anti-apartheid um, and human rights movement. Um, if you don't know what apartheid is, uh, please do the knowledge. Uh, but Tutu is known for um, many different teachings, but particularly what, what comes across to me in relation to beginner's mind is his uh, radical approach to addressing uh, oppressive forces through forgiveness. Um, it takes a new way of looking at things, a new way to uh, really approach something as 
uh, harsh and as tragic as, as what he witnessed um, with an open heart. Uh, Bell Hooks uh, once said that education enhances our ability to be free and that education is a practice of freedom. And my guess is, or not my guess, when I was reading her book, it was pretty clear she was talking about traditional uh, education or academics. But, you know, I think it speaks just in general to broadening your horizons, your awareness and the capacity to see the world and to see others. Um, and, you know, really whether or not it's in the classroom uh, or not having beginner's mind, in my opinion, is the gateway to that opening and availability to wake up. And then of course, Titnat Han uh, speaks to beginner's mind a lot more directly. I think you can Google a talk that he, he had titled Beginner's Mind. And he really advocated in that, that talk that beginner's mind is the mind of love and enlightenment. And as far as practitioners are concerned, our way, uh, at least the Buddhist way, is to nourish that mind so it'll last for a long time. So um, now we'll turn to uh, Suzuki Roshi, uh, founder of Zen Center, um, and his teachings on beginner's mind. Uh, if you've heard me speak before or um, know me personally, you know that this book that I hold is very near and dear and close to my heart amongst his other teachings, um, and I reference to it profusely. And in addition to that, I've found uh, Beginner's Mind, or as he refers to it actually in this talk, uh, Our Innermost Mind, probably one of the most highly influential teachings um, are components of my practice. So Suzuki Roshi uh, will, will speak in a moment. I'll, I'll, I won't bring him out, but I'll bring him on. But before I, I turn it over to him, I wanted to just say a little bit about how this uh, talk that um, is now digitized came to be. And so I will revert you to cute.com. And that's Q or C-U-K-E dot com, uh, where you can find tons and tons and tons of Suzuki Roshi material. Um, and that uh, site is supported and was built and is maintained by David Chadwick. And um, over the years, uh, archives get kind of pulled out of literally like filing cabinets and weird cubby holes in the different Zen Center uh, buildings or temples. And recently, not so recently, but you know, in the last couple of years, uh, it was found that there's around 11,000 talks that were not digitized, not all by Suzuki Roshi, but anyways, they needed help sorting through them. So a couple of Zen students or priests, Charlie Wilson and Shindo Hay, which Shindo, um, I believe he was one of the original yuzers or people who start or priests that started uh, this this very group, and um, he in particular was in the midst of sorting through um, all of these not non digitized. Uh, really, they were just like blank reels of tape, and one of them that he found said Suzuki Roshi prologue. Uh, so he was able to capture it, digitize it, and so uh, the talk that I'm going to share tonight is straight from those lost archives, which is really amazing because um, while there's a 
a prologue in this book. It is almost the same. Uh, it was gained through a transcript um, that someone took, but it's, it's not exact. And there's even more nuances in it that you can hear, such as uh, way of being with, with people, as well as his laughter. So prior to 1965, which is when this talk uh, took place, really all we can find is kind of tra transcribed um, talks for the most part. And David Chadwick said that the reason why there's none recorded is because, you know, back in the kind of Zen heyday, they thought that recording it would, would not be proper, that the talks were spontaneous because, you know, they, they were and they were just for the moment and it would be almost sacrilegious if um, they recorded. Um, finally, uh, when Suzuki Roshi was uh, traveled a little down south, the South Bay um, to Los Altos, if any of you are familiar with uh, the, the general area, um, there was a small sitting group that was led by uh, a woman named Mariam Dabi. And she just asked Suzuki Roshi, hey, can we record you know, your talks? And he was fine with it. So she started to. And so this is where uh, this talk in particular um, did come from. And so this, to set kind of the, the scene, uh, it was a small sitting group that got together maybe every week or so and sat Zazen. Um, and I believe that you know, this talk was probably given to around 12 people. So, you know, that's a couple, we have a couple more people perhaps on this, this call, um, but it was, you know, very small, very intimate. And, and, I, and from my teacher, Ed uh, Sadazan, who uh, actually did practice with Suzuki Roshi um, back then, said that there was a certain lightness uh, and a more friendliness to this talk. And, and so that's why it, it at least to him, felt more intimate. Um, besides that, I uh, really, well, maybe I'll just say that when first hearing Suzuki Roshi, it may be a little bit difficult to understand due to his accent and cadence. So what I'm going to do is while I play the, the talk, I'm going to have the transcript up on the, the screen. So if, if, uh, it helps to follow along uh, that way, please do. And then I'll also mention there's a couple of places where, I mean, again, this is the 60s and reels, which I, I mean, I haven't seen in my lifetime. I don't imagine any of you have um, cut out in a few places. And just to say that that's normal, so you don't you know, try to um, figure out if it's your sound or, or my sound. So just know there's a couple of places where it will cut out. Uh, I think that's all. And so I'll go ahead and mute myself on this side and share Suzuki Roshi's talk on Beginner's Mind. To study Zen is difficult. <clears throat> uh, in what way? But uh, there is some misunderstanding why uh, it is difficult. Uh, it is not uh, difficult because 
to sit in cross-legged position it's high or to attain enlightenment uh, it's hard but uh, it is hard uh, to uh, keep our uh, mind pure and to keep our practice uh, pure uh, in original <clears throat> way. Then become more and more uh, <clears throat> impure and after then uh, then school uh, established in uh, China. It is a development of uh, Zen, but uh, at the same time, it is <coughs> it become uh, impure. But I don't want to talk about <coughs> Chinese Zen or uh, history of Zen. Uh, this morning, but uh, why I uh, say uh, I want to talk about why it is uh, difficult is because just you came here uh, this morning getting up early Uh, it's very variable <clears throat> experience for you. Just you wanted to come here. It's very variable. We say shoshin. Uh, shoshin means beginner's mind. If we can keep uh, beginner's mind <coughs> always, uh, that is the goal of uh, practice. I uh, we recited Prajna Paramita Sutra uh, this morning only once. Uh, I think you, uh, we decided uh, very well, but what will happen to us if we decide twice, three times, four times, and uh, more? then we will easily uh, lose our <coughs> attitude 
in reciting original attitude in reciting sutta. <coughs> Same thing will happen to us. Why, why you have, you keep your ignorant mind in your If we continue to practice one year, two year, three year, or a beginner's we'll have some pattern. And we will lose the uh, <coughs> limitless meaning of uh, original uh, mind. In beginner's mind, we have many possibilities, but in uh, <coughs> uh, expert mind, there's not much possibilities. So in our practice, the important thing is <coughs> to resume to our original mind or inmost mind, which we do, we ourselves, even, even we ourselves do not know what it is. This is the most important thing for us. The founder of our uh, school emphasized uh, this point. We have to remain always beginner's mind. And this is the secret of, the, of uh, Zen and the secret of uh, various uh, practice, practice of flower arrangement, fra uh, practice of uh, Japanese singing, and various art. <coughs> if we uh, keep our beginner's mind, uh, we uh, 
give our precepts. When we lose our beginner's mind, we will lose all the precepts. And <coughs> uh, for <coughs> Zen students, the most important thing is not to be uh, dualistic or not. We should not lose our um, self-satisfied uh, state of mind. Uh, we should not be uh, too demanding, demanding, or we should not be uh, too greedy. Uh, we should our mind should be always. Uh, rich and self-satisfied. <coughs> when our mind becomes demanding, uh, when we uh, become longing for something, longing for something, we will buy uh, <coughs> one violate that, uh, our precepts, not to kill, not to be immoral, not to uh, steal, or not to tell uh, <coughs> lie, and so on. Those are based on our uh, greedy when our mind is satisfied, uh, we keep our precepts. When um, we ourselves is always self-satisfied, <coughs> we have our original uh, beauty. And we can practice good. And we are always true to ourselves. <coughs> so the most uh, difficult thing is to keep our uh, beginner's mind in our trap. So if you can keep uh, your uh, beginner's mind forever, you are Buddha. In this point, we should be, our practice should be uh, concentrated. We should practice our way with beginner's mind always. And there's no need to have uh, deep 
understanding of them. <coughs> Even though you read uh, Zen literature, uh, you have to uh, keep this beginner's mind. And you have to read it with uh, fresh uh, mind. We shouldn't say, I know what is Zen. Or, uh, I have attained enlightenment. We should be always <coughs> beginner. This is very important point <coughs> and difficult. We should be very, very careful about uh, this point. I was very much impressed um, by your practice uh, this morning, although uh, your posture uh, was not perfect. <laughs> but the feeling you have here is wonderful. Uh, there's no comparison to it. <coughs> At the same time, we should um, make our effort to keep this uh, feeling uh, forever in your practice. This is very, very important point. In Japanese art, you know, uh, when you <coughs> master some art, you, when you become successor of uh, the, your master, you will receive some uh, paper <laughs> on which something is written. <laughs> uh, no one knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's very difficult to figure out what it is and to explain what it is. <laughs> but if you have a beginner's mind, it's all right. Thank you very much. If you can say, thank you very much <laughs> from mm, bottom of your heart, that's all right. If you say, but it is. <laughs> you have no uh, secret. <laughs> Just you can say thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that's enough. But this is very difficult. <laughs> So by your practice, uh, you, we must <coughs> make our beginner's mind 
more and more. We should appreciate beginner's mind. Uh, this is the, the secret of practice, Zen practice. <coughs> So uh, just to, to wrap things up, um, I wanted to share that my teacher, Abbot Ed, said that uh, one thing that was so compelling about Suzuki Roshi is that when you were with him or talking to him, you really got the impression that what he was saying, how he was being, is really how he lives his life. Um, he was basically like a living manifestation of Zen. Um, not just someone who was talking about. And for me, at least some of that came off uh, in this talk that he gave in, a, in the living room, again, to just 12 people who were learning about uh, Zen, but him himself was almost embodying um, a not knowing mind, a fresh mind, seeing them with fresh eyes. Um, so yeah, just embodying this practice of having a beginner's mind and meeting every moment with your inmost self, uh, not thinking about it, but actually embodying it, um, is the heart of Buddhist practice, at least from a Soto Zen point of view, or at least how Dogen and Suzuki Roshi uh, put it forth. It's really it's the heart of embodiment of what's in front of you. And so I don't have much commentary to add to obviously a Zen master. So I, I think we'll close there and uh, open it up for any questions or comments. I'm curious to hear what uh, your thoughts were about that.